0: saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day rise again and they remembered his words then they returned from the tomb and they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest it was mary magdalene joanna mary the mother of james and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles now i want you to look at verse 11 and their words seemed like idle tales say idle tales and they did not believe them. Oh, I can't believe these disciples. they've been with Jesus for three years. They should understand that. They should know that. What? they're just what is wrong with those guys? It, Have they not had their Wheaties? I mean, have they they not had any brain food? What has gone wrong with these guys? They show up and the women say, the, the tomb is empty. We saw angels. We heard this announcement that he's not here. He's risen. And they think it's idle tale. They did not believe these women. Listen, before we get too hard on the case of the disciples, we sometimes forget what Jesus has done for us, don't we? Don't we forget about the time he healed us and so we don't pray for healing anymore? Don't we sometimes forget about the things he's delivered us from and yet we still go back into those things? Do we sometimes forget about all the miracles, all the provision, all the uh, God incidents in our life? And sometimes we wake up and go, well, where are you, God? Don't we? Let's be honest, church. He's not always alive in us like we want him to be. He's not always alive in us like... We let him be, right? So these guys were, they, they were really much, there so much in their flesh this day. They were blinded by all the horrible things that happened to Jesus. Peter had denied Christ. I mean, they were feeling like lower than a snake's belly. I mean, they just couldn't even, they had to raise their head and look up to see the bottom. That's how they felt. And so when these women come, oh, we've seen the angels and all this, and they're just going, uh, what? Are you, are you playing, trying to play a trick on us? Come on. We don't believe you, woman. Well, then Peter and John, you know the rest of the story. I love the fact that they both took off running and John was faster. It, it, I love that story. I'm not really going to read it today. But when, when they get to the tomb, remember what happens? John stops and he looks in. But then you've got impetuous Peter pushing John aside and going in. He's last, but he ain't going to be the last one in. <laughs> okay? Uh, they, wanted, they, wanted, they wanted to find Jesus Christ alive. I want you to find him alive today. I want you to want to find him alive in you today. Come awake. Come awake. Come and rise up from the grave. We need to, we need to understand that more than anything this morning, that God wants to be alive in his people. All right, now turn to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to look at a church in Corinth. Was this the perfect church? Somebody that reads much of the Bible. Was Corinth a great perfect church? I'm telling you, they had more problems than I think that we've ever encountered here. Uh, they they just had all kinds of stuff going on all the time, and P Pe- and Paul was addressed. He he founded this church. This was his baby, so to speak. He was wow. This is the church God sent me out here, and and we've we've started. We've had this uh, this beginning of this church, and it's growing. Did you know it was a big church? It wasn't a little house church. It was a big church. And we're at verse. We're at chapter fifteen before he comes comes back after dealing with all their junk. All the stuff going on, and he says, I need to remind you of something very important. Now, some people call this one of these passages here the gospel in a nutshell. So, if you ever need to just share somebody and you don't have you're not prepared, maybe you're not eloquent at it, you just say, Well, let's read first Corinthians chapter 15, and I'll tell you what happened. So, let's look at it first Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Say, in vain. See, some were standing, others were believing, but they believed in vain. In some, Christ was alive, and in others, well, they weren't even sure about the resurrection. Look, and he's having to go back and deal with these guys about the resurrection. And that's kind of what God put on my heart to deal with you with about this morning and, and for me to understand the resurrected Jesus Christ. So let's look at it from the message because that, that passage might throw some of you off just a little bit. So let's look at verses 1 and 2 from the message. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. He's kind of concluding his letter. I want to tell you about it one final time. The message that I proclaimed to you and that you made your own, this message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. And I like this parenthesis. I'm assuming now that your belief was the real thing and not a passing fancy. That you're in this for good and holding fast. Listen, are you in this thing for the real, for the good? Are you holding fast? Or is it just a passing fancy? I wrote a song one time, uh, uh, Is Jesus in your heart. Is he only there? Does Jesus only show up? Do you only cry out to him when you have an emergency? Do you only cry out to him when, when something's gone wrong? But all the rest of the time, you kind of do your own things. But when things, your backs against the wall and things are not going, you don't have any money in your check. But Lord, help me. We cry out to him. Listen, for some people, Christianity is just a first aid kit. It's something that they just need for once in a while. And listen, some people just go to church once in a while. Because it's just a passing fancy. It's just that they might have believed in vain. They might not really be standing on the word of God. Listen, our churches today are more filled than ever. Yeah, I'm thankful to say this is about the same size of crowd we had last week. Of course, we had our 10th anniversary. But did you know a lot of people just show up for the special events? Well, listen, the resurrection is a everyday special event. Every day. Every day. We shouldn't treat it any differently. There's a lot of people in our churches today that are believers that don't believe. Go will figure that one out. You know why? Their actions show that they don't. They, they just don't. And I'm going to talk about works today. A lot of people go, well, we're saved by grace. I understand that, but we're going to talk about works. So what about you this morning? I want you, don't even verbalize it, but is Christ really alive in You. Is he alive in you? Look at verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. Here's the gospel in a nutshell if you want to highlight it in your Bible. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. That he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That he was seen by Cephas. Anybody know who Cephas is? That's Peter. Then by the twelve... The 12, some people go, well, I don't understand the 12 because Judas wasn't in there. They called them the 12 because that's what they had kind of named that group, even though one was gone. So like you'll call a team, the Cowboys. Well, not all the same Cowboys are on the same team now, but you'll call them as a group the Cowboys. They call them the 12, okay? So don't get thrown off by that one. That just doesn't make sense, but that's what it does, okay? After that, Jesus was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Say 500. That's a lot of witnesses, amen? A lot of witnesses. Man, if, we have a, if you go to court and you're, you're an, a witness and you're on the witness stand and there's only one person that has seen the crime and you're it, that might not be such good, you know, they might not convict that person because of you. But if 500 people came up and said, yeah, we saw that, the judge might just be inclined to say, I think I'll believe the 500. Listen, it's important that you understand the Scripture's in there for a reason. It wasn't a fable. It wasn't a trick. Listen, if it was, how many of these people you think would have given their life for the cause of Christ? Zero. They believed. He was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. That means that some have died. This, has been written, this was written uh, some 60, 70 years later, I think. After that, he was seen by James and then by all the apostles. The gospel in a nutshell. You know, it's kind of funny that they mentioned, that Paul mentions Peter in this, in this group. That he's inspired to write Peter or Cephas in this group. That they had witnessed his resurrection. Because I think Peter needed some validation. He had denied Christ three times. Jesus even spoke to him at the, by the Sea of Tiberias and reaffirmed him. Peter needs some, some affirmation that he was one of the group. And Paul is gracious enough to include him and actually put his name when he didn't name anybody else but James. He had seen him. Then Paul goes on to talk about his own experience. He says, Then, last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Say, I am what I am. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. That we need the grace, don't we? He's very, it's very important that Paul mentions by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Listen, Jesus died for you. He didn't, his grace toward you was not in vain. That, again, we're going to be talking about works today. His grace toward you was not in vain. Look what, look what Paul says here. Some people have a problem with this. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Paul was not bashful about talking about works. He was not bashful about talking about the labor that he put in for the kingdom of God. Listen, he had been saved from so much. He had been redeemed from so much. He wanted to do so much. Sometimes in the church today, we preach grace so much that we we ask we leave out the works part. God has called us to be people that do good works that we do the works of Jesus. Amen or oh me. Well, this doesn't sound like a resurrection Easter story I wanted. <laughs> I just wanted to hear that everything was good. <laughs> So we can get out and have some lunch and go hunt for them eggs and kick the bunny around. Man, I want to see people pouring out of churches all over this city. Excited about Jesus Christ being alive and going out and taking dominion. Going out and operating the authority of Christ in their lives. Amen? Okay. Who was that little bitty kid? Really? Huh. Jumped right out of there. Is that Kara? Amen. Paul is talking about himself as, you know, the least of the apostles. Would y'all consider him the least? He had a supernatural. Here's the interesting thing about, about Paul. He was, y'all know what his position was in the, in, the, in the government of the church? He was a what? Pharisee. He was one of the government. He was one of the guys that wore the funny hats. So you could identify them. You know, it never says in Scripture that I can find, maybe some of you will show that to me, where he actually had a visual encounter with Christ that he was at the trial or any of those things. If you know that, let me know. But I believe with all my heart, because he was a Pharisee, that he had seen Jesus a few times. Would y'all agree to that? I mean, he was the talk of the town. He was the talk of Jerusalem. He was the talk of the area. And the Pharisees were always going after him, trying to find him trying to question him, trying to trick him. So I'm thinking, Paul, I don't know why he's not in Scripture that way, but I believe that he had seen Jesus. Now, a few weeks ago, I preached a sermon about knowing Jesus and Jesus knowing you. You know what? Y'all remember that? Some of you were here? You, it's cool if you know Jesus. It's, it's really neat. But see, Paul knew Jesus before his experience on the Damascus Road. He already knew Jesus, but Jesus didn't know him. Jody Foley. after that sermon, he came up to me and said, man, I was thinking of a great way to explain that. And so he shared this with me, and I'm going to use that. Is that okay? i got your... He said, how many of you know Brad Pitt? How many of you know who he is? Come on, raise your hands up, girls. I know Brad Pitt. I just love Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right, now, this is how many of you, how many of you can raise your hand and say that Brad Pitt knows you? Oh. hmm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you say that in church. <laughs> you see how, see how that works? You can know about Jesus. Paul knew about Jesus. Matter of fact, he, he knew so much about him, he wanted to kill him. And when he couldn't kill him, he held the coats for those that stoned the, and, and the first martyr, which was Stephen. Paul stood there giving gave gave approval to that, that stoning of a brother, the first one to be a martyr for for Christ. So he has this experience on the road to Damascus, and he sees him again. I think that's why he recognized him real quick. I think that's why he, God appeared to him that way, showed him that way. Paul, you think you know me, you don't know me. But that day he knew Paul. That day Paul knew him. In a different way. I'm asking you this morning. You may know about Jesus. But do you really know him? Better yet does he know you? Does he have an intimate personal relationship. And fellowship with you? Do you talk with him daily? Do you have this ongoing lifestyle of worship. That says God I know you're right. Jesus I know you're hanging out with me. And I'm hanging out with you. Is he alive in you? When, when you're walking out of this place. Do you look for opportunities to minister? Because Jesus is kind of nudging you. The Holy Spirit's saying that's the one you need to talk to. That's being alive in Christ. Paul says, it's by grace that I am what I am. It's by grace that we are what we are. But God doesn't want to stop there with us. He wants us to move forward and take that grace to others. Take that love to others. Take that power to others. Verse 12, now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead... I'd just like to have been there when he was writing this or when he spoke it. How do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? Duh! Yeah, you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, but you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead? Come on. Explain that to me. It's a strange statement. But he wasn't going to dance around the issue of the resurrection. No, he actually didn't dance around any issues. Okay, how many of you believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God? Be careful. Do you know a lot of people that say they're Christians don't believe that? How many of you know that? They don't. They just don't. There may be a denomination. They, they don't believe that the Bible is correct. They believe that there's some issues in there that were just fairy tales. Oh, they just, they didn't really mean that he did that. You know, that he was just putting that in there so maybe you could get a picture of what he meant. You know, the Red Sea, God did not really part the Red Sea. It was one of the really narrow places in the Red Sea. And it got real, it was a kind of a drought. And they just kind of walked through on dry land. The bush didn't really burn. It just kind of looked like it was burning. I mean, listen, people don't, some people, they claim to know Christ. They claim to be Christians. And they don't believe that the word of God is true. They don't believe that God could protect his word. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? But you know what? Most people don't live that way. They don't live the fact that that he's alive today in them. They, They just believe it with their head, but it's not here in their heart. Not all believers believe that. Sometimes our actions disprove what we say we believe. Right? Oh, I believe Jesus is the healer. I'm just not going to pray for him to heal me because the last time I prayed, he didn't heal me. So I know he's the healer, though, but I'm not going to ask him to heal anybody. See what I'm getting at, church? We say he's a liar. We say he's this. We say he's that, but we don't even partner with him on the things that he says he is. Jesus forgives and chooses to forget all my sins. But you know what? I think I'll just hold on to them. Some of you are here this morning are holding on to your sin. Some of you, are, you came in this room, you feel with guilt and shame that the devil's put condemnation on you. But you say you believe that Jesus is a, he forgives and not only forgives, but he forgets our sins. He casts them as far as east is from west. And yet we don't come into agreement with that. Oh, I'm just still a I'm just an old sinner say by grace. No, we're way more than that. We're children of the King. He sees us as perfect. He looks through those blood-stained glasses at us and says, "That's my child." Listen, we got to catch a glimpse of who he says we are and understand who he says we are so we can act like we're alive in Christ. Oh, Jesus, I know he came to set everybody free. And I love the fact that I've got friends that have been set free, but, but you know, I'm going to hang on to my bondage. But I believe he can set you free. Did y'all see how Jeff was all bound up this morning on that tie? <laughs> he wasn't himself. I mean, it's like, he's over there. <laughs> I said, loosen it up, brother. Just set the, set the captive free. Oh, I love Jeff. Jeff is a worshiper. Yeah. But Jesus said, I come to set you free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's don't partner with the other, who the devil says we are. Let's don't partner with that. Or sometimes who we even say we are. Let's don't partner with that. Let's partner with who Jesus says we are. Verse 13. Remember, Paul is talking to the church here, okay? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. You know, I've said this many times lately. A lot of us, we live our life based upon our experiences and not on the Word. We live our lives based on what's happened to us instead of what God's doing in us. James 2, I want you to flip over there, or it might be on the screen. James 2, 18 through 20. Freedom Fellowship. James 2, 18 through 20. Cool. You know what? From now on, I should just, when you get the, script, the scripture up there, do that, and then I will not have to turn around. Then I don't want to see the ball spot in the back of my head. James is pretty hardcore, he's kind of like Paul. He says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Say, by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. <laughs> Even the, de- the demons believe and they tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Dead. What does that mean? Faith without works is dead. Listen, if you say this, if you believe this, then you live this. Amen? If you say that you believe, then live what you believe. Live what the Word of God, who He says you are this morning, today, the rest of this week, the rest of your life. I hear that all the time. Well, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. Well, I think God already knew people were going to say that. So he included this little verse. Oh, that's good. You believe in God, so do the demons. And they tremble. Now again, that's the idea that you can say you know Jesus, but does he know you? John fourteen twelve. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do or do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. It used to be a part of the denomination. They explained that scripture way that we would reach more people for Jesus, and that would, it was about salvations. It wasn't about miracles. It wasn't about signs and wonders. It was just about salvations. Hey, if that's all you believe, go for it. Okay, I believe it means that too. A lot more people have come to know Christ since he ascended than when he was here, right? like a couple of billion, now. People believe, now. That's greater, right, than the 120 that finally made it to the upper room. Some people believe, you know, there were a lot more than that, but 120 kind of, that's how many ended up in the upper room saying, yeah, we believe it and we're going all the way with him." But if God is God, if he is alive in us, Jesus said we would do not just what he did, we would do more than he did. Y'all believe that Jesus is the healer? Do you believe the scriptures? When it says lay your hands on somebody and that they will recover, do you believe that stuff? Because if you do, then start laying your hands on people and praying for them. Practice at home, practice with your kids, put it to, put it to use. You believe God provides all your needs? Okay, then start receiving what He's given you. Start listening, start responding. By faith. Faith without works is dead. Verse 15. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. Whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. (laughs) He's being real plain to these guys. Listen, we're telling you that he rose up, but if he didn't rise up, you know, we shouldn't be telling you this anyway. We should just pack up and go home. If Jesus Christ didn't rise, wasn't risen, if Jesus Christ isn't alive today, there's really no point in us being here, right? That's probably the only thing that keeps the NFL from not having 52 weeks a year of football. Some people are still saying that church is more important. Being with Christ, being with his people is more important. Uh oh, that silence. Don't be messing with my football. Let's see, really seriously, guys. If Christians were Christians, if we were living it out, we wouldn't have football on Sunday. I'm serious. Y'all y'all get what I'm saying? If we really were serious about the thing of Christianity, there would be nothing else on, on Sunday except people coming together in the name of Jesus. Just push it aside. It's not that important. Hmm. Why do I always end up meddling? Hi. Okay, where was I? Verse 16. For, I thought you said Midland. Then I figured it out you said medlin. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. And listen to this. This is serious. And you are still in your sins. I'm glad I'm not still in my sins. I am so glad. Aren't you glad you're not in your sins? doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're not in your sins anymore. He's taken those from us. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Wow. If Jesus didn't, if he wasn't resurrected, we have no hope. The cross, beautiful. The cross, awesome. But without the resurrection, listen, we're still in our sins. We have no hope. We're just gonna die and be eaten by worms. That's what that's what Mr. Flurry believed. He was an atheist. When Mary Lou just kept after him and said, He's alive, he's alive, he's alive after four years. He came to the recognition that Jesus Christ is alive. But up until that point, all he thought was that when I die, I'm gonna be eaten by canker worms. That's all he could, that's all he had to look forward to. He had no hope. Mary Lou kept telling him, Mr. Flurry, there is no pill that will bring you peace, only Jesus will. You just call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And one day, one day it was even prophesied that he would have a vision of hell by Ron Campbell. Said he's going to have a vision of hell. Monday we go into the nursing home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He is waking up from a sweat... And he's crying out, and Mary Lou's walking in the room. I'm down the hallway, and he says, Mary Lou says, what's wrong, with Mr. Fleury? And he said, I've just been to hell. She said, what happened? He said, all I could do was what you told me to do, and I called on the name of Jesus. And he said, I got him. Mary Lou calls me. She said, Harold, come down, come down. I walked into the room. I could see she was crying. He was crying. I said, what's happened? What's happened? They tell me the story, and I, I was sitting down, and I was tears running down my eyes, and I could hear him say, I got Jesus, I, got Jesus, he went from hopelessness to hope. He went from death to resurrection in one moment by the grace of God. That's God's grace, believe me. If you live 89 years as an atheist, that's God's grace. And he gets to enjoy, he gets to enjoy heaven. But I'm going to warn you here, that, that ain't the way to do it. Don't think. Well, I'll just wait till I get old, and then I'll call on Jesus, and I'll get saved. Some people never have that chance, never have that opportunity. Some of them, their mind is. Some of them might not have a Mary Lou, or some one of you come minister to them and witness. You know why we give up on people too quickly? Well, they're lost. They're a, they're a lost cause. I'll call my preacher. Maybe he can go win them. And then Paul says this in verse nineteen. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Wow. The message says this. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. In other words, if you just got enough of Jesus to last you for today, you're in trouble if you just got your card punched just for today well I went to church I must be a Christian Paul says we're pretty sorry lot if that's all if that's all we're going for listen he's called us to go for everything that's why he said greater works that we would do he's called us to get out of the boat and walk on water amen somebody's happy I'm still kind of thinking that would be cool to walk on water. (laughs) All right, then he goes, this is how Paul concludes this. And I can hear him preaching it, but I can also see him writing this. Boy, I just see Paul writing. But now, say but now, Christ is risen from the dead. Amen? He's going through all of that just to tell my guys. I know what you might be thinking, I know what you're where you're going with this, but I want to tell you, I have seen him, He's alive, He has risen from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah, You need to get some of him. He has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, that was Adam; by man, capital M, Jesus also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Say, "I'm alive in Christ." Amen. I want to conclude by reading Ephesians two four through ten. I want to, those of you who are getting baptized this morning to go ahead and make your way to the rooms, okay? But we're going to have an invitation. You know, last week, I think we had six salvations, six or seven. You know, there is not a better day to get saved than on the resurrection day. For one, you can remember it real easy. <laughs> oh, I remember, I got to say, the day that Jesus, you know, we celebrated that. If you're getting baptized, so come on, get ready. Moms, help me out. Willie, Maggie, need help. You're going to get to see some people rise, be raised up. that's That's what it's all about, guys. Burying yourself, being raised to newness of life. Amen? But if you're this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen, it's so simple that it confounds the wise. You come to the place of saying, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins on a cruel cross, and it was cruel. He took my sins upon him so I wouldn't have to. And I give my life to him. I trust my life with that man. I trust my life with the Son of God. I give him my life. I ask him to forgive me my sins. Come into me and come into my life and change me. You don't have to know all the terminology. All you got to do is like Mr. Flurry. You just have to say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. We'll help you with the rest of it. But basically, it's you come to the end of yourself and saying, I cannot save myself, but I do believe that there is one who can, and his name is Jesus. And I also believe that he was raised from the dead. He conquered death so I could conquer death. Listen, when we sang that song, I Will Rise, that song is about when you die on earth that you are going to rise again. But listen, you are supposed to rise again when we get to know him here on earth now. We're raised up. We go from death to life. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. Then I'm going to have the ministry team come. We're going to have invitation. And we're going to see people get saved this morning. Y'all believe that? Somebody needs Jesus this morning. Somebody needs to refocus, rededicate, recommit their life. Some of you need to come and say, I need to be baptized. I need to be water baptized. Some of you need to come say, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just kind of meandering here in nowhere land. And I want to go further. I want to go all the way with Christ. Ephesians 2. I love this passage. Man, y'all need to read your word. Y'all get your word out every day, read it, and just spend some time on this. But God, who is rich in mercy, say rich. Man, we have a rich God. He's rich in mercy because of his great love. Say, great love. With which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. That means when in the middle of our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Say, I'm alive with Christ. And then in parentheses, Paul says, by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All that means, I believe, is that we see things from his perspective when he comes into us and we go into him. He's in us, we're in him. So we see things differently. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. You can't save yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. But he doesn't stop there like some people stop. He goes on to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus Four good works. Say four good works. Which God prepared. Listen, he's already prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He expects us to walk in them. He's already got it laid out for us. You don't have to hunt for them. He's just going to show them to you if you're walking with him, if you're listening to him. So let's stand.